helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. Famously, when asked what type of government the convention had given us, Benjamin Franklin said, a republic if you can keep it. But what is a republic? Well, according to Noah Webster in his 1828 dictionary, a republic is a commonwealth, a state in which the exercise of sovereign power is lodged in representatives elected by the people. So what happens when the people are no longer the ones electing the representatives? Where does that leave the republic that the framers of the Constitution left us? I think it leaves us somewhere between totalitarianism and a kleptocracy. To be blunt, I'm not sure which is worse. Hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study. This is where we read and study the Constitution. We teach the rising generation to be free. We are working to restore the Constitution to we the people. Now, I'm actually just glad I could be here today. I've spent the last, oh, about three hours fighting with technology issues, specifically issues with the internet connection. Um, it's the nature of the beast, right? I, I It's the, the work that we do. But when the internet goes down, boy, talk about a first world problem. Um, it really just kind of screws up everything. But today, I'm glad I'm here with you. I'm glad I was able to get, we got things straightened out. So I was able to get online and and share with you this question. Um, has America become a totalitarianism? or a kleptocracy. And to be blunt, again, like I said, I'm not sure if either of them are any good. I know that, well, let me know. Let me phrase that. I know they're not, they're, neither of them are any good. The question is, I'm not sure which one is which. When you think of all the variations of government, what are we dealing with? Well, let's start out. Let me answer a couple of terms. So I, I did a little research, and the best way I can understand is totalitarian is totalitarianism is a one-party state monarchy or dictatorship that do not tolerate political opposition. Well, that kind of sounds like uh, America today, right? We basically have a one-party state. Oh, sure, we've got multiple quote-unquote parties, but it seems like only one is allowed to be in charge. When the other one is in charge, we end up with, um, well, we end up with uh, uh, fake impeachments, uh, bogus uh, uh, criminal charges, and uh, the, the persecution of people who disagree with the one party. Now compare that to a kleptocracy, a corrupt government that uses the resources of society as a source of wealth and power for a small elite. That also pretty much describes the United States today, does it not? Our, our corrupt government is stealing from the American people to pay for, pro for pro programs and, and resources that they don't legally have the authority to do. You have a group of people that that enter the government um, with a modest income, and after a few years, are fa are fabulously wealthy. They they're multi multi millionaires. Sounds like a a, a like America has become a kleptocratic, totalitarian totalitarian state. Maybe that's a better understanding of this. We are a klepto a kleptocratic totalitarian state. And how about I give you some evidence? How about I not simply make such a bold statement. How about we give you some evidence to start backing some of this stuff up? It has recently been reported that the National Archives and Records Administration, um, they are in possession of thousands of emails 
sent by President Joe Biden under a pseudonym while he was vice president. In other words, he sent these under a false name, I would say logically, to avoid tying it to himself. So this was, was found out and, and by the, um, the Southeastern Legal Foundation, and they want access to these emails, which apparently the uh, National Archives is refusing to hand over. So they're suing. The, the, the Southeastern Legal Foundation is suing the National Archives and Records Administration uh, under FOIA, the Title V, Section 552, uh, the Freedom of Information Act, which is designed to be an open government to make sure that the people who are the true sovereigns in this country have access to what their government is doing. It, 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 that's its purpose. It's been recognized by Congress. It's been recognized by the Supreme Court. Um, and they are suing to compel the National Archives to produce the records um, based on the records request that they submitted back in June of 2022. Now, reading from the uh, complaint, um, they sent an email uh, dated June 9th of 2022, SLF did, to the National Archives. Um, they sent a, a, a they, they included a copy. Uh, they say, in the FOIA request, SLF sought the following records. Copies of all emails President Joe Biden preserved through the National Archives and Records Administration from his time as vice president for the following email addresses. RobinWare456 at gmail.com, jrbware at gmail.com, and robertlpeters at pci.gov. Copies of all emails to and from the above three email addresses that are preserved by NARA. And any correspondence between Joe Biden and or his legal or government representatives concerning the use of these emails and preservation of records from January 1, 2009 through the present. Now, why is this important? Now, the, the question really is, um, these email addresses, uh, two of the three email addresses, they're Gmail accounts. They did not go through a government entity. Now, the third, PCI.gov, is actually owned and operated by Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, which is the federal government. So I'm kind of curious, if he sent emails through Gmail and they were of a personal nature, they had absolutely nothing to do with his role as then vice president, um, I don't think there's a problem with that. Right? We, he still has a, a, a life show, he say. Um, but the question is, did he send any, um, any was he did not conduct any government business? Did he take a, 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 a page from the Hillary Clinton playbook and use a third-party email to avoid um, the you know NARA the the National Archives uh, request the 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 data gathering necessary by federal law. It'll be interesting. Um, so I'm I'm actually reached out to the uh, to to SLF to see if I can get some more details from them. Um, we'll see how they respond. But uh, again, if you have a one, if you have a government actor who already is having some let's say questionable legal issues uh he's being sought for questionable legal actions um did he did he um did he hide information but the question why is the national archives hiding this so according to the complaint uh on june 22nd the national archives responded saying we've searched 
our email system using the addresses you provided, and we are unable to locate any records responsive to your request. Yet just two days later, they received another email uh, claiming that we performed a search of our collection of vice presidential records related to your request and have identified approximately 5,138 email messages, 25 electronic files, and 200 pages of potentially responsive records that must be processed in order to respond to your request. Please keep in mind that these totals are an estimate and that all materials processed may not be applicable to your specific topic. It also stated that the staff of the Archival Operations Division is currently processing and reviewing FOIA requests that precede your requests. Now, in December of 22, they, uh, they, uh, SLF asked for an update. They were told that it's still being processed. On June 16th of this year, they uh, asked for another status request, saying they had not heard anything since the December uh, email of 2022. The response was, we are still processing and reviewing FOIA requests that precede your request. Um, the 28 complex FOIA requests in our queue that we have received prior to your request include a significant volume of unprocessed records. We are happy to work with you to redefine, to refine the scope of your request, which could move you to a faster queue. This apparently is what prompted the, uh, the, the lawsuit, where they claim that uh, FOIA requires agencies subject to FOIA to make all acts to make access to all records promptly available to any person uh, subject to certain exceptions uh, the defendant is sub the, the uh, national archives is subject to FOIA and um, they said they're not being responsible they're, they're, these are delays are not a prompt response as required by FOIA so it'll be interesting if for nothing else it'll be nice to see if we actually get, if they actually get some answers back, if they get some information out of this, or um, is this stalling? I don't know. It could be stalling. It isn't necessarily stalling. It could be stalling. It could be just that people have made so many. There've been so many large and complex FOIA requests that they're just overloaded and they don't have the uh, um, the the manpower to go through it all. I suppose we're going to find out as this case goes along. As I said, I've reached out to SLF to see if I can get someone to come talk to us. Uh, if they answer, I'll be more than happy to have them here on the radio, but I'll also be keeping an eye on this case to see how things go. Because the, the Freedom of Information Act or and its counterparts throughout the states, well, they're important to keeping a government transparent. These are public entities. These are public groups, meaning they're owned by well, the public, and the public has a right to know what's going on. Even though sometimes it does not work out quite as well um, for the people that are in government. For example, the Heritage Foundation um, got information from a, a, a FOIA lawsuit. Uh, they've apparently shared that with the Federalists, which wrote an interesting article, because they claim that it includes it, uh, evidence that on multiple occasions, the Department of Justice intervened on behalf of the Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss. And basically with his attempts to respond to uh, congressional inquiries related to the Hunter Biden investigation. This brings into question uh, a letter that was sent to the House Judiciary Chair, Jim Jordan, by Mr. Weiss, or at least he signed it, in which that he claims that the U.S. attorney had ultimate authority over charging decisions related to Hunter Biden. But it also suggested that Weiss and the DOJ may have... Um, well, let's say can work together, conspired even, to mislead Congress. 
Now, the fact that the U.S. attorneys and the Department of Justice work together, to me, that is not, that on its face may not be a bad deal, right? Uh, uh, the U.S. attorneys, they're part of the justice system. Uh, I, I believe they work under the Department of Justice, so it's not that crazy. The question is, did the DOJ influence, did, they, did these two entities corroborate, collaborate in order to, um, well, let's say, point the finger somewhere else to uh, uh, mislead Congress and, and, by extension, the American people? Uh, furthermore, do the, uh, the emails that were collected under FOIA question whether or not uh, Mr. Weiss lied to Congress? lied under oath. This is this is perjury. By the way, that's a crime. In fact, being it was done under oath, that would make it a high crime, meaning that Mr. Weiss could be impeached and, by the way, also prosecuted. So let's go back to our definitions from the opening. Is this a kleptocracy? Has the government been corrupted to use the resources of the people for their own wealth and power? In this case, um, possibly wealth as if they're covering up the financial actions of, of Hunter Biden in league with his father uh, when he was vice president. And certainly the, the uh, use of power uh, to misdirect, mislead, hide, uh, all these actions related to um, related to the, the, the whole process, the, the, the so-called justice process that we should be seeing going into, is that being manipulated by a corrupt government? You see, I'm not sure why, you know, which one of these is worth, worse, a kleptocracy or totalitarianism. You know, both of them are evil. Uh, both of them are destructive to rights and liberty. And both of them are apparently on full display right here, right now, in the, in the United States of America. I mean, I always knew there was corruption in government. That kind of is a is a given. I guess never thought I'd see in my lifetime the United States on at this level, this level of corruption. I mean, I saw this in the Soviet Union. Uh, you know, we 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 read stories and we heard about um, the the KGB and the the corrupt government officials manipulating the news and manipulating other arms of government to get their way. We, I heard about this. I grew up hearing about this. Never thought I would see it happen here. I can't say I'm completely surprised. I just, part of me never thought I'd see the day where the United States had fallen to the evil empire that Ronald Reagan talked about. The, the evil of kleptocracy and totalitarianism. I thought the American people had more character, that they would stand up long before we ever got to this place. Apparently, I was wrong. Now, I have to take a break. Before I go, though, please head to the website, constitutionstudy.com. Um, it, it's getting its update. Um, may not have published by the time you hear this. It may have, but I've got a new look. I've got a new feel. I'd love to hear comments. I'd love to hear what people say and you know what what they like, what they don't like, maybe some suggestions. For some updates I can make to the website, I'm trying to make it more useful for you. Uh, you can still uh, sign up for a mailing list so you get notified of changes and what's been going on. You can ask a question, right? 
ask a question button still there. I still want your questions. Hit the checkbox. It says answer them on the radio. I'm still looking for questions to answer right here on the radio. And uh, as always, you can contact me through the website uh, for any questions or any issues you, you have going on there. Now, before I go, how well did you sleep last night or the last few nights? Sleep is crucial to good health. And uh, a lot of people use a lot of different supplements like uh, melatonin and, and others that while they might help in the short term, they can cause long-term issues. See, these are hormonal-based supplements. They can disrupt your body's natural sleep-wake cycle, making you further dependent on them and in some cases even interacting with certain other pharmaceuticals. Now, the wellness company has a product called Restful Sleep. It uses natural ingredients to calm the mind, reduce stress, for a, more, a better, more restful night's sleep without using hormones. Use things like passion flower, uh, uh, rafuma leaf. I haven't heard of that one. Um, chamomile to help calm your nerves. Valerian root to reduce your anxiety. So all of these in a gluten-free, vegetarian, made-in-the-USA pill that'll help you sleep. Now, as an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off your, off your products and another 25% off your first month's membership if you use the code OUTLOUD at checkout. You can find out more at americaoutloud.shop. But please, check out the wellness company. All these products are vetted by their chief medical board. You can get 25% off these products by using the code OUTLOUD. You can get a good night's sleep and sound medical advice. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer, 
This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You have rejoined the Constitution Study, and today we're asking uh, totalitarianism or kleptocracy? Which better describes the United States today? And maybe it's both. In the first segment, I focused a lot on the, the idea of a kleptocracy, a corrupt government that uses the resources of society for their own wealth and power. Let's take a look at the totalitarian argument as well. Now, there's been a lot going on with the Trump trials. Yes, multiple trials. And uh, some interesting facts are coming out as people are looking at um, well, the, 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 the action and reaction. A lot of people have noticed that um, when some bad news seems to come out for, say, the Biden administration, well, suddenly there's a new charge or a new allegation or a new indictment against former President Trump. Which brings into question, are we dealing with a, a totalitarian one-party state that doesn't tolerate um, opposition? For example, uh, earlier, well, just a, few, a couple weeks ago, uh, Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis proposed a trial date for Mr. Trump of March 4th, which just happens to be the day before Super Tuesday, one of the biggest primary dates in the entire season, a date where 15 states hold their primaries. Now, apparently, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp kind of put the kibosh on that, but U.S. Uh, court judge, uh, I'm sorry, U.S. District Judge Tanya uh, was Chutkin, well, she went ahead and scheduled a start date for Trump's federal charges on the very same day. Coincidence? Now, the judge insisted that setting a trial date does not depend and should not depend on the defendant's personal and professional obligations. I would like that to be true, but it's not a quite, but I have to ask, do you set a trial date in order to impede a defendant's personal and professional obligations? Now, what's interesting is uh, Special Counsel Smith had wanted to start the, the, the trial on January 2nd, 2024. The lawyer, by the way, Trump's lawyers, they wanted to all the way push back to 2026. Um, nope, she said, we're going to have it set for the March 4th, the day before Super Tuesday. Now, you may be asking, why would Trump want to push the trial out to 2026? Well, obviously, he gets it past the elections and, and the inauguration, but there's more. See, the, there was a hearing on this. The, um, Trump's defense team has to deal with one, I'm sorry, 12.8 million pages of information. Five, this is all, all of this was drawn, drawn from the grand jury interviews, the National Archives, the, select, the January 6th Select Committee, even their own campaign. 12.8 million pages of documents they have to go through. That's a lot. That's going to take time. And of course, the lawyers argue that uh, six months is not enough time to go through all of the discovery information in order to properly prepare 
for a March 5th trial. But I guess we're not too worried about that either. But that's not the only coincidence, shall we say, maybe coincidence, of um, uh, uh, interesting scheduling. Uh, for example, uh, the one of the trials, the, the defamation suit brought by uh, E. Jean Carroll, well, see, that's set to go to trial on January 15th of 24, right? Coinciding with the, the Iowa Republican Presidential Caucus. The, the uh, let's see, the, the hush money trial brought by Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. See, that's scheduled to go to trial on March 25th, right in the middle of a bunch of key primary contests. There are, a lot of states hold their primaries on March 19th, while a bunch more on March 23rd, and they want to stick the, uh, the, the Manhattan District Attorney wants to stick the, the trial right in the middle there. Uh, Special Counsel Smith's document case is set to begin May 20th, and of course, um, that's right around the time frame for the West Virginia primaries, and uh, we've got Idaho, Kentucky, Oregon, they have their primary scheduled for May 21st. Now, is it possible that these are coincidences? I mean, these trials are all, the, the, the indictments came at relatively similar times. And uh, could it just be that, you know, the, the normal uh, course of affairs of how long it takes to prepare to put on a trial puts it right in the middle of primary season? Possibly. It's also possible that uh, these, these, by the way, all Democratic actors from district attorneys to special counsels, all, all Democratic leading. They're being a bit more strategic with the dates they choose in order to harm the primary opponent of this sitting president of the United States for re-election. Now, if you remember back in 2016, when the FBI went out of their way not to prosecute a presidential candidate in the election season, it, 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 even when it was, uh, there was evidence, okay, but they went out of their way. They even rewrote the law in order to uh, not have uh, Ms. Clinton dealing with this in the middle of an election campaign. Now we have not only the opposite, but we have the opposite in spades. We're seeing not one case that is being done. We're seeing four cases. And I've already looked at several of these. The, the, the the uh, evidence behind the case is laughably weak. You know, when when such Democratic-leaning attorneys as, as Alan Dershowitz are saying these cases have no merit, it says something about the quality of the cases that are being brought. Which, again, brings me to another, back to the question of, of um, totalitarianism. A one part, okay, yes. I've often referred to as a monarchy. The president acts like a monarch. He, he acts like a dictator. But in this case, we're having evidence of a, a one-party state where if you are a Democrat leader, you get away with things. If you're a Republican, um, you're attacked, you're persecuted. Sounds like a one-party system to me, doesn't it to you? Now, remember, we were first given a republic where powers lodge in representatives elected by the people. But if we're watching a group of um, elites manipulate the system based on political party so that the decisions aren't truly in our hands, our, our, we may cast the votes. And of course, there's the whole question about whether the votes that the people are casting 
are the ones that the people are counting. That's a whole that's a whole other thing to consider. But if we're looking at it from the standpoint of um, are we still the ones casting the votes? Are we still the ones electing the people? Or are those votes and those ballots being manipulated both directly or indirectly? Are, are they being manipulated by um, access to information, by, a say, a judicial calendar? There's a lot here that, that leads us to a totalitarian system where one party rules. And, of course, whoever is on top of that party is the, the monarch or the dictator. And as we've already seen, they do not tolerate political opposition. I've got some more about that uh, that I'll get to a little bit later. But there have always been claims of, of you know, one party trying to over, you know, turn the, to, to rule over the other one. I mean, even Washington, during his farewell address, warned that the spirit of revenge natural to party dissension is its own form of despotism, which is what I believe we are living through today. The spirit of revenge when, you know, one party attacks the other, whichever party is in power, whichever party controls a specific house or branch of government, it seems to want to use that primarily to attack and destroy their opponents as much, if not more than actually, oh, I don't know, doing the job they were hired for. But like I said, I expect this this name calling, this finger pointing, the 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 the, the animosity between parties. I expect that. But you see, then I saw this Rasmussen poll. They went out on X, formerly called Twitter, and they found some very interesting things. See, 41% of those polled said uh, cheating impacted the 2022 midterms. 41%. 44% say government officials ignored evidence of widespread election fraud in 2022. Those are some serious numbers about the most recent election. 41% say, you know, what was it? Um, you know, two-fifths say cheating impacted the, the midterms. More than that, believe government officials ignored evidence of widespread fraud in the 2022 elections. And then 45%, almost half, say that cheating impacted the 2020 elections. And 55% say cheating will impact the 2024 elections. Those are some serious numbers. Those are some really, oh my God, you know, hair on fire numbers. But you want to have the hot sauce on the on that. The responses were from Democrats. That's right. These were all Democrat respondents. Forty-one percent of Democrats polled said there was cheating impacted the twenty twenty-two elections. Forty-four percent of Democrats said officials ignored widespread evidence of 2022 election fraud. 45% say cheating impacted the 2020 results, and 55% say they believe, they say cheating will impact the 2024 results. When you have the winning party saying, yeah, you know, cheating's a problem. Cheating is having a significant impact on the results. That's not the spirit of revenge. That's not sour grapes from the losers. That's you know, all right. Maybe it's just some from. Maybe some of them were losers. But what does it say about a republic when neither side trusts the elections? 
I forget who was it said it that said uh, um, your opponent isn't defeated until they believe they're defeated. What does it say when um, both you and your opponent agree that f- election fraud has had significant impact in 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 the outcomes and that it will again in the next election? Well, to me, it seems just see, it says just about the same thing as the question: How can you tell when a politician is lying? If if we know our politicians are lying, if the candidates are lying to us, the politicians are lying, the people we hire to represent us are lying to us, yet we keep hiring them, knowing they're lying to us. And the ones that lie to us the best are the ones we keep around the longest. What does that say about us? See, th- that tells me that that this kleptocracy did not take over the government, that the people allowed it to happen by hiring corrupt people to be in government. We are a kleptocracy not because of evil people taking power, but because of of apathetic people hiring corrupt people to take power. We have a powerful elite because we, the people, elected those who gave the small elite power. We are a totalitarian country because we elected people that were status they wanted one party rule and whichever party was that gives the state more power is the one they support i'm not just talking about democrats versus republicans i'm talking about the entire bureaucratic state the very same bureaucratic state that uh, uh did everything it could to subvert the 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 will of president trump and his administration that that leaked and lied and and did everything it could to prevent him from getting his, his from putting forth his plans is the same one that's covering for a a man with a mental deficiency cognitive issues and uh, a history of corruption going back at least 20 if not 50 years because that one state that one party is the one that loves to centralize power in Washington, D.C. See what I mean? Apparently we couldn't keep the Republic because we were too lazy and too apathetic to stand up when the when, when people when we saw that people were corrupt in government and actually stand up and do something. We hired the kleptocracy. We hired the totalitarians. We, in, mo- in my opinion, are we are suffering the consequences of decades and generations of poor decisions. It's just, we're the ones holding the bag. The music is about to stop and there are no chairs left. And ladies and gentlemen, you and I and our children and probably our grandchildren are going to suffer the consequences of our lack of vision, of our ancestors' unwillingness to, uh, or self-centeredness, the desire to not bother to be involved because you're dealing with your life. But again, that often leads to regret later on. You know, how, much, how many of us don't look back at something in our life and say, we wish we had done this, we wish we had done that, or maybe we wish we didn't do this and didn't do that? I, I remember as a young father, uh, my daughter was still fairly young, and uh, there was some event going on. I don't even remember what it was. But you see, I was busy. I was working. Um, I had appointments to get to make. and uh, the partner I was working with at the time 
gave me some sage advice. He goes, Paul, in 20 years, no one will remember if you went to that meeting, but your daughter will remember that you were there for whatever event it was. And that was important. I, I do look at my life and there are things I wish I had done. I wish I'd kept up with flying. It's one of the few things I really wish I had spent more time on. It makes no rational sense. There's no financial sense you know, to spend that type of money as a hobby to, you know, turn, turn, uh, uh, to turn cash into noise. But it's something I wish I had done. And there, we all have those things. And I think today, in many ways, what we're feeling is the the regret for what we hadn't done in the past and a bit for what our, our forefathers hadn't done in the past. Now, I've got to take a break, and I've got some more examples of this kleptocratic totalitarian regime. But uh, before I go, you know, I want to remind you, the Constitution study is just one voice among many at America Out Loud. A lot of people, a lot of different points of views, a lot of different ways of looking at things. So I go there every day for news and information, and I think you should as well. What I do is I take the stories, the articles, the podcasts, the videos, and I share them. I put them on my website. I spread them on social media. Sometimes I talk about them here. You can do the same thing. See, by sharing these other ideas, by exposing people to these other ideas, we are all working to secure the blessings of liberty. While the cancel culture destroys our history, bringing crime and terror to city streets, AmericaOutloud.news will enhance its own message of love and honor for the American traditions and constitutional values that have always been the backbone of what America means. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Welcome back, Everyday American, to rejoin the Constitution Study. And today we're examining our kleptocratic totalitarian society. Uh, what they now call the United States of America, with, uh, well, supposedly liberty and justice for all. Not so much. Now, I took a, 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 some time in the first segment. I talked a lot about the kleptocratic part of it, the kleptocracy, the corrupt government that was designed to, to, to enrich and, in, and uh, uh, empower a, a small elite. 
The second segment, I focus more on the totalitarian side, but they're closely related. The idea of one of single party rule that will not tolerate political opposition. And that's where I want to spend a bit more time is this, this push for the, um, the, 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 the political opposition. Now, there was a lot of talk about what, what, what happened during the 2020 and 2022 elections and um, rich billionaires, well, that's redundant, isn't it? Billionaires spending hundreds of millions of dollars to influence the election. Well, there's a um, news report coming out about a group funded by George Soros. Now, I know a lot of people turn George Soros into a boogeyman. Um, he's just a billionaire. I think he's got some really bad ideas. But this group called a Common Cause defines itself as a pro-democracy group. Now, I know a lot of people that find that uh, ironic. I don't. See, people have this this idea that you know democracies are wonderful and they're great and there's things are, are there's no reason democracies, ladies and gentlemen, are evil. There's just no. We've we've kind of rationalized our way into looking at democracy as a good thing. Our forefathers re recognized that democracy democracies are evil. Uh, as John Adams said that democracy, while it lasts, is more bloody than either aristocracy or monarchy. Remember, democracies never last long. It soon wastes, exhausts, and murders itself. There is never a democracy that did not commit suicide. So when I see a group like Common Cause that claims it's a a a pro-democracy agency it doesn't surprise me a bit. This is exactly what I expect out of these organizations. Um, they are destructive. They are bloody. Uh, they waste, exhaust, and murder themselves. And we get to, they commit suicide, and we get to clean up the mess. Of course, there was another gentleman. He loved democracy. He thought democracies were great. His name was Vladimir Lenin. He said democracy is indispensable to socialism. So yeah, I look at this this common cause group and I say, oh, they're they're pro democracy. They are looking to move us towards socialism. Makes a lot of sense. Now they had, a, I guess, as a press release back uh, on August twenty eighth, titled "Election Disinformation in Twenty Twenty Two and What We Learned for Twenty Twenty Four." Um, okay. In this report, they claim election disinformation continues to pose a major threat to our democracy. They admit that both Twitter and Facebook censored speech that they had flagged, uh, according to this report, and that they insist on using this, um, that, that, that using this, especially 60 days before an election, is important to, uh, um, well, to, to democracy. But again, we were never a democracy. And we've be we're, we've we're no longer a republic, but here we have this group. Uh, they have what they call their their common cause education fund. I'm kind of curious what they plan on using that for, but they insist that big tech platforms have to increase their censorship ahead of the next election. He said they say we know what platforms need to do to reduce the spread of disinformation, namely moderating and downranking content. But again, here's the interesting thing. What they refer to as disinformation frequently turns out to be true. Remember the, the disinformation that the, the Hunter Biden laptop was, was Russian propaganda? Turned out to be, no, that it was true and that 
the disinformation of it being uh, Russian disinformation, the uh, the censoring of it, the the, the moderating and downrighting of it, actually had an impact on the presidential election. Because something like 17% of Biden voters in swing states admitted that they, if they had known about the laptop, they would have voted differently. See, the thing about misinformation, it's in the eye of the beholder. What they refer to as, as election misinformation. Misinformation like at least five states illegally appointed electors for president. I'm not talking about the ones that the, the that uh, Trump is charged with with forming. No, no, no. I'm talking about states where the manner of choosing electors was was determined not by the legislature of the state, but by either a member of the executive branch or the judiciary. See that they they call that misinformation. They talk about the 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 fraud being misinformation. While well, we've got video of ballot boxes being stuffed, or, you know, drop ballot drop boxes being stuffed at all hours of the night. But yet they want to call that misinformation. Interesting, when the people were complaining, when, when Democrats are complaining about the 2000 and 2016 elections, they didn't refer to that as disinformation, did they? Again, disinformation, misinformation, Extremely one-sided, extremely one-party focus. See, they don't they will not tolerate political opposition. They don't counter what they consider bad information with good information. They simply demand that others suppress information that makes them look bad or makes their job harder. Uh, let's take a look back at the kleptocracy side for a little bit. Anybody else remember the gold mine, the the, the gold king mine? Incident back in 2015, you remember when, when agents of the of the employees of the EPA uh, accidentally pierced part of the mine's wall, contaminating the uh, Aminas River with millions of gallons of contaminated water. Of course, there was an investigation um, by the by the Bureau of Reclamation. There's the Fox Garden, the Hen House, and uh, of course. People have been filing claims for losses with the the uh, the EPA. Um, of the nearly 100 files claimed, well, two thirds of them have been rejected, and those who have been approved, uh, the maximum they've received is two thousand five hundred dollars. The EPA wrote a letter to one individual whose claim was denied. Says while the EPA regressed the loss. The claim does not meet the standards for coverage under the Federal Tort Claims Act. Now, back in 2017, the EPA refused to provide any federal assistance to the areas affected by the actions of their employees. And now they're claiming we don't have to cover it because, well, we're the government and, and we just don't have to. Now, I'm sure someone's going to point to, well, you see, you can't sue. You can only sue under under the the this what this uh, fictitious uh, Tort Claims Act, um, Federal Tort Claims Act, because, uh, but that is a if it's, I'm not a hundred percent familiar with that particular piece of law, but uh, I'm pretty sure it can it violates the First Amendment. By the way, it's an act of Congress, so it would definitely be a violation of the First Amendment. 
because if it denies people the right to petition their government for a redress of grievance. In other words, if I, if people are being denied a, a their day in court to seek redress, if it's all in the hands of the the EPA to decide whether or not it's going to 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 um, pay these people for their losses, losses created by employees of its agency, that's not a a, a petition for redress. This has to go to court. This has to go to court. And if you refuse to hear it, well, that's a violation of the First Amendment, which, by the way, fits right in with our kleptocracy because it is a government, it's a corrupt government using its resources for the, for the wealth and power of a small elite. I don't know who is benefiting from that, but I'm sure somebody is. And then one more example of a corrupt government. Of course, there's been a lot of talk lately, new mask recommendations. Uh, new vaccines coming out, new vaccine recommendations. We should have all this. Um, I'm sorry, all of it, all of it is corrupt because all of it violates the Constitution. It violates federal law. It violates uh, medical ethics. It is criminal. And then I stumbled across this particular video, which really, well, it tells me a lot about America today. I think the message from is get the shot if you want. I if will. If you want it, don't, go ahead. Don't get it. Where You're going to get another one? I just said I'm not going to ask anybody if they're that? getting their shot. Get, I won't wear a mask, but I'm going to get the shot. You are? How, what number shot is this for you? I've had it every t So I'm, I'm <laughs> doing one in October. I had one in April. How many? In What's the total? Oh, this yeah. will be my seventh. Seventh oh. <laughs> shot. And I've had COVID three times. Coming up. <laughs> there you go. This man has had seven shots. Seven jabs with an experimental treatment that has not worked. See, they, they call it a vaccine. They like to twist it. See, a vaccine is supposed to prevent you or get your body to defend against a disease. These shots at best, at best, help minimize the symptoms. But you know what they don't do? They don't keep you from getting COVID. This man is a perfect example. He's had six shots already. He's going to get his seventh. And he's had COVID three times. They don't work. It's a corrupt government that used its resource to empower and in wealth a small elite. The um, the vaccine manufacturers have made billions of dollars off of this scam. The uh, Fauci has made God knows how much money off of this because we don't know about all the uh, we still don't know all the details about the patents he's holding. We've seen presidents, governors mayors, all use this as an excuse to consume power to themselves, which means America is not the land of the free and the home of the brave anymore. We're a kleptocracy. We're, we're a kleptocratic totalitarian society. And I say society because it's not simply the government that's doing this. As I said, going into the last break, we the people have allowed this to happen. We hired those corrupt government officials, those representatives, those corrupt representatives that hired corrupt government officials that and never held them accountability for their corruption. We never held them accountable. We've, we've induced the idea of, of party dissension. We've cheered for it. We've turned it into a team sport to the point now where effectively we have one party rule. Yes, there's an opposition party, but even when they're in power, their power is, is dimmed. Their effect is blunted. Yet when the Democrats are in power, it is full speed ahead. They want their democracy. Why? 
same reason Lenin wanted. It is essential to uh, to socialism. You cannot have socialism. You can't have communism. It says democracy is essential to getting there. We're living with this. So as I look back at at Mr. Franklin, and I say, well, apparently we can, but we we can keep this this republic, but only for a while. That we refuse to learn from history. We see the examples all around us, but we refuse to to learn. We've watched as our government has gone down the the path of corruption, and we refuse to turn the corner. We refuse to hold anyone accountable for it. Oh, you've got the show of of Richard Nixon, and and you know that's the 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 the, the one fish you throw. Well, the rest of the school gets eaten it's you know the the the, you think about that the uh uh you know everyone points to richard nixon and and others that have been thrown in jail these are the they're the weak antelope they're the one that's injured that that um they've been politically injured they can't keep up they can't defend themselves they're the ones that get eaten but the herd as a whole survives that's where we are now we're being led by buffoons. We're being led by corrupt people. But the herd is following them because we don't know any better. Because we are so focused on our, our little, uh, you know, magician's distraction. that We're stuck in the middle of this herd. We can't see that we're heading towards a cliff. That the pack of lions are on one side and the the storms on the other and the cliff is right ahead of us and we can't look up from our lives long enough to see what's going on we we have a kleptocracy Joe, because we we allow it we've either been convinced or we've convinced ourselves that there's nothing we can do ladies and gentlemen that is a lie it is a lie because you can fix the kleptocracy right in front of you in your county in your city, in your town. You can work to fix the kleptocracy in the person you elect to represent you at the state house and on Capitol Hill. Now, one person making this change isn't going to fix anything. But why do you think I tell you all the time to share this information? Because I want other people to know they don't just have to sit by and watch while this happens to them. They can do something about it. Yes, it's going to be small, incremental changes. Yes, maybe they can defend themselves. And it won't be until enough people have figured out that this this kleptocratic totalitarianism is destructive of everything we say we claim we want. But they won't know it unless we show them. If we allow the censors to keep us quiet, it's not going to happen. If we allow the party vitriol to keep us hiring the the lesser of two evils, because we whatever we do, we can't let the other side win, we continue to perpetuate the kleptocracy. As long as we put party above everything else, we continue to promote the totalitarianism. I know we'd like to look at other people and point the finger. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. The truth is, we are in this mess because we, the people, allowed it to happen. And we, the people, are continuing to allow it to happen. Whether it's because of apathy, ignorance, 
or just plain evil intent. We're responsible. And until we do something to fix that, we will continue in this kleptocratic totalitarian state. We will no longer be the land of the free because we are no longer the home of the brave. Now, on that sad note, I want to remind you to join the Constitution Study every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio Network. If you can't listen then, that's okay. All my episodes go to podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on the radio, and you can listen on your favorite podcast app. But I ask you, subscribe to the show. Leave me ratings and reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the Constitution Study as well. You can find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But as, as I just told you, it if you don't share them, then you are not contributing to the, to the solution. You are contributing to the problem. It is our apathy that has allowed this to grow. You do something. Share this information. By doing so, you help share the blessings of liberty.